This is Mike Madrid. And this is Gregory Rodriguez. We're your hosts for Americanata, where we'll be exploring the intersection of race, class, culture, and politics during a time of extraordinary change. We'll be thinking out loud and processing what's on our minds as we go, unfiltered. And we're looking forward to you joining us for this discussion as we explore how we got to this tumultuous moment in the United States. Gregory, I want to talk to you today about one of your favorite topics um, um, socially and politically, and that is Congressman Matt Gates of Florida. What do you mean is one of my favorite? I've never <laughs> spoken about the guy in my life. Uh, I'm, of course, kidding, I but it's a time. I feel ambushed. It's, it's time, <laughs> maybe a little bit of an ambush. It's, it's a timely issue. Um, and an important issue, it's kind of this developing story, this developing spectacle, I should say, which I think is an important word, because I want to talk about the spectacle um, and performative nature that, po uh, that politics has become, not just because politics is performative, because that's not breaking news. That's just what politicians are. Right. Mm -hmm, right. But the fact that, uh, th that that is kind of all all um, the Republican Party has become, in, in my opinion, and of course, I've had my issues with the GOP, but um, also um, we have a new entrant into the race for governor during the recall as, as it would appear. Have you heard this news? Hit, hit, hit me, hit me with it. I think it's, it's an interesting, um, it's, uh, it's interesting in a lot of levels, but it's interesting in a way that is part of this, this kind of performative nature of politics. I don't want to say it's interesting in a really deep substantive way. It's just kind of yet another sign of the fact that celebrity is, is and spectacle and yeah. theater yeah. is far more important than actually doing something for politicians now. Right. And I think right. that we're at a moment where we are no longer looking for or requiring substance from politicians so long as they are making um entertaining you as so long, long as they are entertaining us, you. right yeah. it's like yeah. it's like the old romans give give them circus but you know gets uh, the one thing i think it was that hair man that's perfect hair well uh, you have hair too so it, i mean it's kind of <laughs> it, it might be more funny to you than it is to me i mean look at that i'm like dude how does that guy get that much hair and how does it stand up that high like I don't know. It's it's it, this might be cheap of me, but it it just it uh, or it might be right on. I don't know. But it, it it goes back to Instagram culture. It goes back to uh, the two dimensionality of the way Americans are increasingly uh, talking in quotes with each other, and sort of social media culture is essentially conditions you from a young age to behave and think and or to present yourself in the way that gets the most approval, the way that gets the most likes. And so we all kind of know that even though everyone does it, they still know it. And there's nothing about, there's nothing that kills individuality more than having a whole country of people behaving in ways to get liked, right? So I think we've actually been we've killed individuality off. It was, it was always, it was struggling to begin with in this country. And now social media has sort of squashed it. So I think we're comfortable with the, with the emptiness. We're comfortable with the, the image. We're comfortable 
right? Isn't that what we get every day from social media feeds? So Getz is sort of like a avatar of sense. There doesn't need to be any texture or multi-dimensions. He, he is an avatar. And what the hell? So is everyone else in our lives. I, I'm wondering, um, struggling a little bit with the idea that we're comfortable with the emptiness. I think it's kind of like saying it, it's it's the way maybe somebody who's got a substance abuse problem is is comfortable when they're high. I, I don't know that they're comfortable. It's just it's 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 a patchwork for dealing with other issues or lack of issues in this case. Well, yeah, I mean, I, th I think I, I disagree. I think they're very comfortable with it. I mean, again, we know that it, social media representations are not true, and yet we don't change it. We don't stop looking at it. So, I mean, there's this, so there's, there's this guy, uh, uh, I haven't read his book yet. I'm, on, I'm literally on the library waiting list. Uh, former Portuguese diplomat named Bruno Massage, and he wrote a book essentially saying America has gone beyond reality that a country that it's based on the notion of escape from reality, that the notion that it's always better over that mountain or over bed, a country that literally that once a city has problems, you leave it, right? You live it, you leave it for a suburban unreality or our suburbs reality where they created to be reality. So he says Americans have been escaping reality from day one. And it's a really interesting argument. Again, I, I haven't read the book, but I've read coverage of it. And he's, he's basically saying that, that we, we're not only comfortable with it, uh, we're sort of thriving in it. And it may actually be the end of this notion of universal truths that he says it's, 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 it's prototypically American. And that, there's an interesting argument to be made that the, so, so, so we have got, so, so we, we can switch to uh, uh, sort of to Matt Getz to post-truth and they're related, right? So people are, are, are comfortable with uh, Kellyanne Conway saying, what, what was her famous line about uh, a different truth? Choosing alternate facts. So you should have, so, the, so I think there's, we should connect those two, the emptiness of the image with choosing alternate facts. We seem to have reached a point where people don't need them or sufficient numbers of people, let's put it that way. You clearly need it. I would probably need it too. But would you say that, would, wouldn't you think there are enough people for whom this is enough? Um, I, well, I, yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that. I mean, you're saying it in a very unique way. I'm, I'm trying to process this in real time. Um, we're, what, what I'm hearing you say is we're seeking out the emptiness and we are in a post- fulfillment age and of course misinformation nice. is going to run rampant because you choose your own information you choose nice. your own reality right in the same way that you choose your own avatars you choose your own image that you're going to put up on instagram exactly and so as usually i say something in a way that you make more clear but absolutely i'm just trying to, trying to understand it. what you're saying because yeah. i mean it is yeah. it is it is impactful and look this is a, this is this i think this is a little bit deeper than just saying we're a celebrity tv culture and celebrity matters and we yeah. have a reality tv star for president yeah but what we're getting at is to the why right how, how does this happen and i think when you're speaking about this 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 observer a portuguese observer of americanness coming in and saying america is perfectly suited for uh, this emptiness, this vapidness, this this Americanata, right? This 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 kitschiness. What, 
What's interesting, Mike, is again, I, I only read the pieces he's written in some interviews. I haven't read the whole book. Is that apparently this is not a criticism from him? He's actually goes on to say this is a we, we don't, this is another show. We don't have to get into it, but just just so you know, this is not a criticism. He thinks actually that America is creating a new culture that's opting out of the notion of universal truth and the classic liberalism of the West, and which he says is clearly not going to. Reach, uh, conquer the world, and he said, "He says we're we're living in, in this notion of hyper freedom, and hyper freedom is unrestrained by reason um, and reality, and, and reality. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so 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 having said that, so yeah, having that, this guy thinks that, and having said that, I, as a person who studied religion, uh, and I think you'd probably agree. Uh, tell me if you don't think that there is." There will always be a core notion, a core portion of the population that wants something with some level of authenticity. So if if an image is two dimensional, anything authentic is multidimensional. Right. So 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 I think so, so I'm taking the other tack. Right. So this might be some level of freedom seeking. I think there will be a core response among some. I think some will be completely happy with the with that hairdo. Uh, on certain days, I'm sure I'm happy with, I'd be very happy with Matt Getz's hair. Um, there's another part of me, a bigger part of me that wants something to speak to me and things that speak to you generally are more complex than an image. So it may come down to the people who want authenticity and the people who want simply veneer. What side are you on, Madrid? Well, I I mean, I, I obviously I think um, I like to think I'm fact-based and evidence-based and data-based, and I like uh, seeking truth as I understand it. Um, <laughs> that qualifier makes me laugh because of the you know alternate facts um, statement that you just made. But I I, I think I'm stuck on 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 a on a point that you made about freedom becoming untethered from reality. Maybe, maybe because America has been such a free society for so long that we, the next frontier is, 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 is losing touch with reality. Well, well, again, he would always, I mean, again, I can't, I can't, I shouldn't be talking for the guy, but, but he was saying that's been that way from the beginning. So uh, Ben Franklin said America is west of the Alleghenies before America was west of the Alleghenies. Right. So America was always the future, was always a frontier, was always a place that it hadn't gone yet. That's unreality, dude. That's fantasy. Mm. So America was always, again, look at the way we treat our cities. Look at the, you know, with the very definition of white flight, you can say the whole nation is built on white flight. I just recently read a book that argues that. Um, that, that, that from the very beginning, and by the way, the free soilers weren't about abolition, as you know, they were about having states free of black labor. Uh, so, so there is this idea that, that you, we don't like reality, so we're going to create a different reality somewhere else. That is a level of utopianism, if not fantasy. Right. Uh, you know, the, the Seattle to many people, the great white Northwest, it's, a, it's an escapism of sort from the racial complications of, of urban reality of the United States, one could argue. So, yeah, he's saying it's part of our DNA, but I don't want to get stuck on his theory. I mean, so 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 tell, tell me what the difference over time that you've worked in your business uh, that 
that agenda, let's not even use the word ideology, that agendas have given way to mere appearances. So take us from when you started in the business to now, how have you seen that progress, that progress over time? Well, imagery has always been a big part of politics. I mean, always been a big part of politics. I've, I've you know, um, the, the visual arts and were always the most, have always been the most impactful in terms of motivating people, whether it was, you know, propaganda posters in World War II or going all the way back to the, you know, Renaissance painters and the, you know, anti-reformation efforts, right? The church conscripted, you know, artists to kind of create visual representations of right and wrong and, and the way society is supposed to work to kind of keep the faithful in the flock. Political consultants are largely in, um, involved in the same, in the same practice. Um, but but uh, when I was young, the, the, the profession of political consulting 25, 30 years ago, the, the whole goal was about persuasion. It was how do we take our ideas, our policy ideas, how do we take our philosophy of governance and then use these tools, right? Use these arts to convince people and persuade people. And um, over the decades, I think incrementally, election cycle by election cycle, we have seen a movement away from the persuasion model until it hit overdrive in 2016, where for the first time, Donald Trump proves one of the oldest adages of political consulting wrong. And that adage is that you win by addition and not subtraction, right? As a political young political consultant, I was always taught you're trying to build your coalition. You're trying to expand your coalition. Donald Trump did not do that. Donald Trump was literally subtracting. He was literally running against virtually everything and so mobilizing his base that he's able to overperform with that to the point where he no longer had any philosophy of governance. He no longer had any ideology he was advocating for. You can make the case that every president or most presidents in our country's history, however skillfully or artfully they were, were trying to, you know, pull one over on a certain segment of, of this, of, of society. And that's why people had a bad view of politicians and why they're two-faced and they lie. And of course they're hypocrites. Donald Trump was none of those things. He, he was trying, well, he was all of those things, but not in the political arena, not on the political stage. What he was trying to do was literally win by subtraction. And he was saying, I don't have a core. I don't have a belief, but I know how to win. And if you stick with me, we're going to win right, and but, I alone can fix it. Right. right. But, but, but back to, but get us back to image. How did he manipulate image over agenda? Well, the, 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 the what I'm getting at is there was no agenda. It was right. all image. It's not, and so what happens is then a generation of acolytes come behind him as everybody then sheds their ideological beliefs and says, okay, as, as a Republican, I no longer have to be anti-Russia. I no longer have to be free trade. I can vote for a tax bill that raises taxes on the wealthy and wealthy homeowners in blue states. I can, I can vote for government subsidies. I, I like literally violate every tenet of conservatism over the past 50 years as everybody has known it and understood it because all that matters was the theater as long as that we were winning. And I'm not even sure it's but, about power as much as it's about celebrity. Right, but there's two different things. Uh, let's break this down a little and move away from Trump back to Matt Getz because uh, it's a different phenomenon. It's more purely empty. 
uh, Matt Getz is more purely theater, more purely spectacle. He didn't have the same sort of sort of racial and sort of violent racial rhetoric, as far as I know. Maybe he does, but so so let's go back. So so but it is. But what Matt Getz does is he's on a team. Yeah. Right. He so yeah. he his he's on a team, and it doesn't matter what the team believes in. It does. It, so so let's let's break it down. I mean, what what what, what one of the things I learned in, in, in my visits, many visits to Washington over the years is that when you start talking to people who work in the government as appointees, it's less about ideas for them either as it is jobs, as it is mortgages, as it is their livelihood. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, the, on some level, these are these are these are these are consortiums. These are gangs. These are they're groups of people who's whose own personal interests derive from one party or the other winning. So, I mean, Getz had loyalty. Getz had, um, he was upholding the guy who was making money for his friends. And that's an agenda, but it wasn't, but what you're saying is it wasn't an agenda to appeal to the people at large. Um, well, what, right. What, I mean, what, what I'm really saying, Gregory, is that Matt Gates is the natural byproduct of Trump. And I was trying to set that up. I was trying to answer mm-hmm. Matt okay. Gates' emptiness and his vapidness mm-hmm. and his pure theater and, and with how it got there. It didn't just it, it didn't just pop up on the scene. It's the natural outgrowth. When you look right. at the Lauren Boebert, so when you look at the Marjorie Taylor Greens, it, Matt Gates does not stand alone. There is right. now an entire <laughs> class of Republicans that are trying trying right. to shed their ideological cores and beliefs right. for the theater of the absurd. Like right. that is now the end game. That is the whole point. No, understood. But it, 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 it I understand it bothers you because they're, you're, they're, they're, they're taking apart that party, but it doesn't, let's go, but let me throw a wrench into this. Cause I, you know, I, I, I'm not a Republican, so I don't really care that much that they're falling apart, but the, 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 the Trump got elected uh, sort of paradoxically in many ways, because he he performed authenticity. Let's go back to the imagery. Let's go back to the emptiness, right? Like okay. he performed. So people, so you know, they used to say about, um, it was a funny line used to be about Steve Bannon. He's what dumb people think smart people sound like, right? Yeah. So Trump is what fake, is some people, I don't, I shouldn't, I don't want to insult people, what some people think an authentic person sounds like, right? Because yeah. what's so interesting is that the emptiness was sold as authenticity. Doesn't that, 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 that just, bl- that sort of blows my mind. And so, so which, which tells you that before all these names of Republican weirdos you just mentioned, there was an emptiness beforehand that Trump was a reaction to. Exactly. Right. right? So there was, a, there was a reaction to the stiff, the stiff reading of, of cue cards of a, of a Hillary Clinton or whoever. And so that's what, so, so that tells me, Mike, that the emptiness preceded Trump, right? That, that's sort of the, 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 the don't say anything wrong. Don't, I know, I know, I know, I know. I interviewed many politicians over my time and, and the new crop, basically it seems that they, they actually, their agenda is not to do anything to gain any sort of infamy. So, Agendas seem to be a thing of the past, except for the the very talented performative ones like AOC. But local politicians, I won't name names in Southern California, it seems your whole career is simply to skip by and not doing anything and therefore not get a lot of enemies. That's exactly right. 
right? So yes. there's this. So okay. So let's talk. Let's talk about the. Let's move on Trump and let's talk about the emptiness that preceded Trump on both parties that he seized and played authentic uh, and said, oh, how refreshing. So what was going on that Trump was reacting to? What was going on in the, in the political, in, in the realm of political strategy? Were, were, were folks like you telling people, don't stick your neck out? Was that happening to a candidate? Yeah, I mean, sure, sure. And, and like I said, it's very important. I think, let, me, let me reiterate, the, 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 the skill set as a young political person 30 years ago was the art of persuasion. There is nobody starting out in the business that wants to be a political consultant that focuses on persuasion anymore. That's not a thing. Nobody's trying to convince Democrats to vote for Republicans or Republicans to vote for Democrats. And there's this mythical decline to state and this, you know, elu ever elusive swing voter that changes their minds. They are there. They are out there, but they are so minuscule now. Like when I was young, about a third of the electorate could move one way or the other, a third. We would say a third is with you, a third is going to be against you, but that middle third is the skill and the practice of the political consultant. That third is now down to probably three percent. So, 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 but, but I'll go back to my question. You don't have to answer it personally. Are political consultants telling candidates now simply don't rock boats? Simply, uh, brother, they've. That's not now. That's been going back since the Middle Ages. Okay, but, but so then why are we talking about the, the absence of agenda if there wasn't, if, if, as if it were new, if you're saying now it was always there? So there must have been a point at which this, this scripted level of politics to which sort of Trump's tro faux authenticity responded, there was this sense, Mike, that politicians of all stripes were all scripted be going yes. into 2016 and i'm trying to get you to go there which is okay what, let me what, try let me try let yeah. me try again okay yeah. <clears throat> first of all this is not a new phenomenon it is on steroids now and that's kind of where i want to get to right the question you're asking is where did that you know first steroid <laughs> injection happened and I'm trying from my own personal experience to address that. And right. I, what I'm saying is that it wasn't any, there's no silver bullet moment. What I can do is trace the trajectory. It reminds me of the time when Lynn Nofziger, a famous communications advisor to Ronald Reagan, uh, when, a, when a, one of the you know, three networks ran a, a blistering story on him, um, uh, you know, called and said, what did you think, Lynn, expecting to get be excoriated by them? And Lynn Nofziger said, I thought that was one of the best stories you've ever written. And he said, why? He said, if you turn down the volume and just watch the imagery of Reagan speaking on stage and with crowds and the American flag waving in the background, it's beautiful. The visual was stunning. Who cares about what the words were saying? So even in the 80s, we started to really amp up and understand the power of the medium, not just. And so 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 now let's fast forward as people as media desegregates, as technology gets more uh, refined in terms of the specific people that we're talking to. Uh, the audience changes, the whole approach, the whole tactical elements of the political campaign has changed. It's all targeted. It's all targeted. It's so mm -hmm. targeted mm -hmm. that what we we know that people would rather speak to certain specific, particularly cultural issues, than try to convince them on anything related to tax policy. That's not how voting behavior works anymore. And so, as a result, the end game of that is Matt Gates. 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But Mac Gates was Donald Trump. And before Donald Trump, there was, you know, there was, you know, the, the vision of Camelot, right? And these, this, this, of John Kennedy, right? And this, this, this mythical notion of what was happening in the Kennedy family. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Right. It's and- all media narrative. And like I said, that, that doesn't mean, though, it doesn't mean, though, that there was nothing being sold because right. I do hold on to that right. premise. Right. Matt right. Gates doesn't have an ideology. Matt Gates right. isn't selling anything except right. for Matt Gates. That so, is so, different. So I, that is I, different. So I do believe there are broader, uh, you know, Martin Scorsese got uh, had had got beaten up, uh, uh, the great film director last year for, you know, for, from from elitists in the media who called him an elitist, and they're probably all all right, but he basically said we're making movies that 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 uh, superhero movies or whatever they're called don't have the the, the multidimensional human figures uh, that made hu- movies great. Interesting that more and more he's saying even movies don't have the texture, don't have mm-hmm. the pathos mm-hmm. of human suffering. So there is this level of, of unreality. And, 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 and this, this, by the way, this Bruno Massage guy that says that Reagan was the perfect example, you brought me back to that, of this irreality, right? This guy who was from Hollywood, he was an actor. I mean, we, you know, Trump wasn't our first TV star uh, uh, a president. So I think there, there is a broader thing happening in the culture uh, that seems to, I think, just feed on emptiness, feed on a certain, uh, you know, l- low fiber diet of, of, of meaningless crap. I mean, can we deny that? I mean, can we deny that? Have you seen NCIS? Have you ever had a, you know, I mean, I mean, again, I don't want to insult things, but my God, there's a lot of empty things around us, man. And it's, and why shouldn't politics reflect the culture that hmm. it's born of, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, at the same time, though, there's this, again, I want to, I want to flip, flip this now. There are lots of kids, suburban kids, who move into the city for texture. There's a lot of kids who grew up in these fantasy worlds of antiseptic fantasies called suburbs, mm-hmm. who move into the city for, for, for notions of truth and texture and multidimensional existence, right? So I, there is a push and pull. So, so I'm, I'm against, I, I, I probably don't believe in the, the, the massage uh, theory as much as I, I may have sounded like it, that I think ultimately there will be a switch back um, to a, a desire for things that satisfy you with real authenticity. Because look, social media images cannot connect to you. Mad Kites can't, Gates cannot connect to you. You know, during tragedies, when, when presidents revealed what they have inside of them, you know, Trump couldn't, right? Mm-hmm. Obama did. Right. Um, people want to be spoken to with, with real pathos, with real, it, it just depends, you know, you, we, th- we thought we would have seen it during a freaking pandemic, dude. Right. But we didn't. And I mean, even even Joe Biden, there's this there's this I don't know if it's true. He's a politician, but he exudes a sort of kindness that's like makes me sigh. It's <laughs> thanks. You know, I, I, I think there will be a, a shift toward more humanity and more complexity. Right now we're in this weird shaming, controlling, coercive, correctness, orthodoxy uh, on, you know, on the left. And this clumsy, empty, meaningless, you know, characterizing on the right. Um, 
ideally people will a large or larger numbers of people will want and hunger for something um, that feeds them in different ways. I, I would hope so, man. I would hope so. Is there a correlation between emptiness and a lack of empathy? That's a beautiful question. I, I would think so. If you, if you, if you no longer, right. I would think so. I mean, empathy requires you to see somebody uh, as yourself. Empathy requires you to see somebody multidimensionally and as human. And, 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 and when the, when people on the left or right take people out, they must dehumanizing them. Right. And to dehumanizing, as we discussed in the ethnic context, to dehumanize, you must strip them of humanity mm -hmm. and humanity is flawed Humanity is flawed. And if you don't accept, if you don't have any feelings that if you just want to tear people down, which both sides seem to want to do, that's our, that, that's seeing people in, 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 in a, in a unidimensional way. So yes, it, 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 I think you're right. I think that's a beautiful connection that emptiness does lead to an absence of, of compassion. Um, does, yeah, does that it, does yeah. that explain the way that both parties deal with these allegations and these scandals differently? Where you know the, the left, if 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 a politician on the left were being faced with the same accusations as Matt Gates is currently being accused of, my my instincts tell me they would tear him apart. Um, Matt Gates is not interestingly, and this is, I don't want to get into this dynamic too, but for this could go on and on, but he's not being attacked, but he's not being defended either. He's just kind of there are people, you know, the Republicans are not defending Gates, but they're not attacking him either. They're just kind of scrubbing their photos and time Twitter feeds and bios and pictures of him and trying to pretend like they had no association with them as if that were possible in today's social media environment. But that's what they're doing is they're distancing from him. They're not attacking him, but they're not defending him. And that, that I think is unique from what you would be seeing on the, well, let me give a specific example. Uh, Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, right? Every Democrat in New York has turned on him based on these allegations that have been made. And these allegations, while you know, meet the clearly meet the level of harassment. I'm not going to talk about the truth or, 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 or falseness of them because who knows, right? But there are allegations that have been made. Matt Gates is being accused of uh, sex yeah. with, a, uh, with a minor, with somebody yeah. underage, somebody illegal. Yeah. But look what has happened. Schumer has called for his resignation, right? Um, the, 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 the two thirds of the Democrats in the, in the legislature have called for his resignation. Like you're not seeing that same sort of reaction. And I think there's some, some folks on the left uh, who resent that because it's like, why, why are we defending our guys when, or why do we tear our people down when the Republicans simply allow them to kind of go on in this kind of perverse sentiment of their own performative well, politics and need to be a team. Yeah, I, I don't know where you're going with this other than I, I do think that the, 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 I mean, American politics is on a continuum. They're not, the parties are not that different from each other as we know. And, and they have different trends that tear them away from each other and they emphasize different parts of the, you know, different ends of the continuum. But at the moment, the Democrats are, a, you know, have become the, have become the, the what the right use. The, the, the Democrats have become the moral majority. 
right? What the Republicans used to be the scolds, now it's the liberals who are the scolds. So I don't know. And and the and the and the and the and the right has become this completely amoral force. So I don't think it'll all even itself out and all every all these trends will will end at some point. But I, I think it's because on, on the left, there's a there's a there's a portion of the progressive left that is right now in in and the media in a deep social enforcement mode, right? And so you must cleanse. That's a different that's a different conversation. That's yeah. about that's a some that's another aspect of American culture, which is mm-hmm. about you know it's, it's this cleansing, this this violent cleansing, really. Um, and yeah, you could actually say, hey, you'd rather have that than the amoral Republican. But in the end, they're both probably not healthy. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, I think they're, you both know, parties are not healthy. Yeah, sweeping, just... kill, killing everyone off that behaved in ways you don't like. At one and two, letting Matt Gates do whatever the hell he wants is not good. They're, 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 they're ideally a healthy combination of. Uh, but but if, if it, if it, to do that, I guess we'd have to agree on, on, on we'd all have to agree, or a large portion of Americans have to agree on a, a certain mores that are acceptable or not. And right now, it's in our changing culture, it's really not clear what those mores are. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think that's probably a good, you know, wrap up on the conversation. I do, I, something was sticking in my mind as we were talking about the team sport of it all and the vapidness of it all. When I was younger, uh, the idea was to build a better basketball team, right? To beat the opposition. It's like, how do we build a better basketball team? Today, it just seems like the Republicans are building the Harlem Globetrotters. You know what? Let me venture. It's, to... all, it's all entertainment. It's not even trying to win the game. You're not but there me... to watch somebody win or compete or even do something. You're, watch, you're there to watch. You're there to be entertained. Let, let, let me just venture to say, when you joined, the Republicans were still on the outs and therefore were, were gathering their troops and their arguments to get back in. That's and right. now the government, the, 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 the Republicans are on, they're on their way out of power in many ways. So you were there on the ascendance. Matt Gates is, a, is, is essentially the embodiment of downward spiral. spiral. I think that's a great wrap up. Conversation. Right, Fantastic as always. Good Gregory. talking we'll, to you, bud. Let's do it again. All right. Thanks again for visiting with Gregory Rodriguez and Mike Madrid on this episode of Americanata. If you've enjoyed the discussion, please help us out, share, review, and give us five stars. We'll talk to you next episode.